Hello and welcome to the Ccast. The Ccast is short for the Cousins Podcast and is hosted by me, Alex, and my cousins Melissa and Anthony. This is going to be a podcast where we discuss movies and anything pertaining to movies. If you know any of us, you know how much we love movies and how much we can talk about them, and we wanted to put this in an organized format to be able to share with you all. We apologize for the rough and raw nature of our first couple episodes, but hope you enjoy our content. Please feel free to reach out to our email, thecastpodcast at gmail.com, or DM us on Twitter at thecastpodcast with any questions you want us to answer, episode ideas, or comments. Thank you for tuning in, and we hope you enjoy. For the second episode, we are going to have a more freeform conversation about the recently released Marvel film, Doctor Strange in the Multiverse of Madness, and the larger implications it has on the Marvel Cinematic Universe. At the end, we will take time to answer listeners' questions or comments that were submitted for this week's episode. And without further ado, welcome to the Ccast, and let's get into it. Guys, what do we think about the larger impact on the MCU? And to start us off with something to kind of pinpoint and focus on, how do we think they did um, in terms of introducing the infinite universes, right? And introducing the multiverse. Because we got a little bit of a taste of that in the TV show Loki, right? Where that kind of kicked us off and kind of opened it all up. Um, But up until this point, we really weren't sure what it was like, right? Like... Did the other universes have any concept of it? And in this film, we ended up learning that, yes, some of the other universes did. And we've heard it hinted at in previous films. How did they do in introducing us to the multiverse in this film? And Anthony, I'll start with you. I I think it was an incremental step in exploring the multiverse. There's a lot that is left to be desired for me, uh, kind of like what I touched on in the first episode, that I, I had high expectations. Uh, and I think it comes down to the fact that I, I am, and I know we all are interested into what is the multiverse going to be like. And we got a glimpse. You know, they while uh, America and Doctor Strange were flying through the portals, they, they went through a bunch of different worlds. And so we kind of saw the concepts that you can have. Um, a little bit of like a teaser potentially for a crossover with the animated, you know, Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse because they kind of went into that cartoon thing, got me a little excited. Um, but I think it's an incremental step where we know it's now possible, you know, America Chavez's power is to travel the multiverse and in the end universe that they ended up in, uh, Christine was studying the multiverse. So presumably we're going to see people start to learn how to traverse the multiverse more than just in a superpowered way, you know, learning kind of the technological, almost like the pin particles, right? Because they were able to leverage those in in Endgame to travel the multiverse. So I I think it's, it's just a small step, but a step in the right direction. All right. Melissa? I mean, I think they did a good job, but I think it's, I mean, I I have a hard time just sometimes wrapping my head around it because, I mean, as far as we know and our limited resources and information in the world that we live in, the multiverse isn't real. So I think I personally am still grappling with the idea of like, what even does that mean? You know, like, obviously, I know what it means, but what what potential do they have here? And how is this even possible? Um I find it really interesting, though, and I thought about this the last time I saw the movie. When we watched Loki, 
Sylvie was a female version of Loki. Yes. And then we go back and he meets all of these other Lokis that all look very different, like very different than the Loki that we know. And why is it that now that we have these opportunities, I mean, okay, we have in um, Spider-Man Far, or No Way Home, excuse me, uh, the Peter Parkers, yes, they look different. But the Christines in this movie didn't look different. And maybe mm-hmm. is that just because of the universes that they decided to go to? Um, but also the Doctor Stranges, they didn't, they weren't like a completely different face. You know, it's right. like, you right. your hair's different. You have a ponytail. You decided to grow out <laughs> your little wispy bangs in front, but you still have a goatee. It's like, it's still Benedict Cumberbatch, you know? So right. I think because of that, I was kind of left questioning, like, well, how, like, are, are the universes you are kind of a cookie cutter version of yourself throughout, like we saw in this Doctor Strange movie? Or are people going to be completely different looking? Like we saw in Spider-Man, No Way Home, and in Loki. So as much as it's like, okay, they are tackling the idea and they're opening this up, I still feel like, like, are they being consistent in, like, the details that they have kind of already put forth? I don't think that they are going to be consistent in terms of how they portray characters, right? Um, And I think stylistically for when talking about No Way Home, I mean, that was just purely for the fans to bring in Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield, right? Who both in their own right had a tremendous amount of fans who had love for their movies. And so for that, from that standpoint, that's probably why they brought them in. And then, but yeah, in terms of this one, it's like, oh, Doctor Strange, they all look the same. But in the Loki series, they all look different. And I think it's important for us to kind of keep in mind going forward that, since the multiverse is open, there is going to be different variants and different types of some of the characters that we already have. Um, and at the end of this film, we got a little bit left hanging with, is Wanda dead or alive, right? And so, who knows? Maybe the Wanda we've had up until this point, who you know grew up in Sokovia, we saw her with her brother Quicksilver, went, fought in Infinity War, fought in Endgame, but maybe she has died now. And that going forward, the one we're going to deal with is going to be the one from the multiverse that in this one, Scarlet Witch took over and she was just using her body to eliminate the Illuminati and all that. Maybe that's the Wanda that we're going to deal with now. And it's going to still be played by Elizabeth Olsen, but we're going to kind of see how her character deals with the multiverse and maybe use her since all Wanda is gone. And so I think it's on us to kind of keep our mind open to that. And understand that, you know, when Marvel's making these films, they probably aren't going to stay with the same actors and actresses for all of the roles, right? Um, we did get a little bit of chance to see, you know, Professor X coming in. And so I think we'll get to see a little bit of that with some of the X-Men. And who knows, you know, who we'll get to see brought in um, from some of the previous movies. Um, but I think, yeah, it's, we just need to be sure to keep our minds open and understanding that it's not going to be uniform across the board. Did you ever, and I'm curious to know, um, when I initially saw the movie, I actually questioned whether or not the Doctor Strange I was watching was the one from the universe that we have been familiar with this entire time up till now. Yeah, no, that... 
yeah, I don't that, know why, but I, I really question, like, is this even, quote, our Doctor Strange that we're watching? Not that it matters, but it, it was just, I didn't quite know. And I got the sense that it was, um, simply because they did mm-hmm. reference, you know, him going back to No Way Home um, and mm-hmm. him having been the one to resolve the situation with Spider-Man. His relationship with Christine, that seemed to fit, given the way the first Doctor Strange ended and how they kind of weren't sure. And they kind of hit and they hinted at in this film that they never really were able to figure out what they were to one another. Um, So I think there were elements of the story that implied and led me to believe that this was the Doctor Strange um, that we have been dealing with. And I think for the purposes of his character development, it would make sense to leave it to be him i mean I, right. it, would, it would seem ridiculous right. for it to be okay this is a completely new guy well then it's like okay well what has he been dealing with up to this point and now we have to worry about yeah. like his what happened to the right now one? we need to go back to this, this guy's origin story like it seems like it would be a little <laughs> bit too much jumping around if it was yeah. a new one uh but anthony i don't i'm curious did you feel the same way i i didn't have that question uh again i, I only watched the movie once but I, I guess just in, in thinking about the consistency, I think I agree with Alex. They're, they're not going to be consistent. Uh, and I think that's part of the flexibility of just having the multiverse, right? Because you can, you can explain away, oh, well, this is just in that universe. Or, you know, oh, the reason it's different is because there are infinite, you know, universes. Um, but just thinking about it, the, the, an idea that I have is there are certain characters that have pivotal moments that define who they are. And if those moments either don't happen or happen differently, that could change their trajectory. Kind of, and we kind of got a, a look into that in Loki because some, you know, they were kind of correcting some of those misaligned moments. Like the the kid Loki who got snatched by the by the timekeepers, his moment was that he killed Thor, and so that like that puts him on a very very different trajectory. Than, than the Loki that we know. And so I guess some of the explanation for why some of these characters might look different could be, you know, just, yeah, infinite multiverses. And or it could be, like, there is a pivotal moment where things changed and that just caused them to go in a totally different trajectory. Um, that being said, yeah, it just it's interesting to see how it's different. Um, and at, at points I have a feeling it's going to be kind of, you know, maybe may annoying that it seems inconsistent, but... I think we'll just kind of have to accept that, you know, they're just using the multiverse for whatever they want. Yeah. And I know my favorite kind of rumor that was floating out before this film came out was that there might be a potential Iron Man variant that was supposed to sit on that Illuminati pan, uh, panel mm-hmm. that was played by Tom Cruise. And that would have been, and again, that would have been, oh my gosh. And, and this, I was like, oh, that would have been great. But then I'm like, oh, that would have left me with some mixed feelings. Cause like, I don't know, no one can play Iron Man the way RDJ did. Like, Right. Are they yeah. really about to do that to him? Well, I, I don't think it's just I don't think it's just that. I don't I I think about it from the perspective of an actor. How exciting is it? You know how many people audition to be in these roles? How cool would it be when it's like everybody knows, oh, this person like John Krasinski was actually up to be Captain America. It was like him first, and then they kept going back to Chris Evans, and then it might have been him, and then and they kept going back and forth like that. And they ended up going with Chris Evans. And now here is John Krasinski 
in as like Mr. Fantastic finally getting in his Marvel role. How cool would it be if there are actors that we have known were up for certain roles, they went with someone else, and now here they come into the Marvel universe as like just for a moment putting on that suit for the character that they almost got 15 years ago. Yeah, let me let me make sure I'm being absolutely clear. I I am in favor of that. Yes. <laughs> I I love that. I am I am 100% for that. My my comment was more about it's just going to feel inconsistent because they're they are going to decide to, you know, switch it up in some instances. Like we saw uh Peggy Carter as as Captain Carter. With but like I enjoyed that in the whole what if series. I loved that because it showed us what is possible. So I I am in favor 100% of of switching it up like that. I I eat that up. It's just I know that there's going to be moments where we're going to have this question of, well, why does this like why is this person the same and why is this person the same? And we it, we just might not have as comfortable of an answer as we may like, I think. And I think another thing that I want to touch on is I agree Melissa that would be a absolutely great thing to kind of see some of the characters played by actors and actresses who audition for them. I worry that that bails out some of the writers and Marvel and people working on this and makes it a little bit lazy, right? Like, I think we've all agreed we're kind of past Captain America, right? And that we, I don't, I don't want to see another real version of him. And I understand. So we got Sam Wilson. He's kind of taking over for him now. Uh, let's let's stay there. And I'm, I'm fine with Peggy Carter. That's fine because that's a different version and right. a little bit of the gender switch kind of helps a little bit. But let's change it up a little bit, right? Let's not get lazy and stick with characters that we know. Let's introduce some new characters, right? I like the yeah. introduction of Shang-Chi. Like, let's develop him and mm-hmm. build him out and have him be a real part of this going forward. Yeah. Uh, don't bring back, you know, 55 different versions of Iron Man. Like, we've been there, man. Like, we've had three of his movies. He's been in Captain America, Civil yeah. War. He's been in all the Avengers. Like, we we get that. And so that's the only yeah. thing that I worry about. Um, yeah. But, again, just to touch on really quick, it. and, again, I know we want to make a whole episode out of this, but <laughs> love the idea of my man. Michael B. Jordan stepping in for a little redemption arc to go ahead and play Black Panther. We'll leave it at that for uh, our listeners. We want to make that a whole episode and get into our deep theory about that. Um, but absolutely love the idea of bringing in and again, not letting it be too much, but playing with the idea of different actors and actresses playing some of the characters we've already had. I would like to jump in real quick um, because you reminded me something, Alex at the end of Shang-Chi the deleted scene, or not the deleted scene, excuse me, the like teaser scene at the end, didn't Wong come for Shang-Chi? Yes, yes he did. Where was yeah. he in this movie? Very yeah. good point. They, they totally teased that he was going to be teaming up with Doctor Strange. Mm-hmm. And what happened? Yeah, I was I was expecting that. I, I forgot like, about that. That was one. Of, that was one of the things I felt very confident. I was like, "This is gonna happen because of that cutscene." And they just introduced him, and it fits like with the whole magic and everything. And like, and knew that this Doctor Strange movie was coming. Shang Chi came out last year. Like, bro, you had time, right? Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I was disappointed. I think the reason they didn't bring him in is again, and we covered this in the first episode. This movie was so heavy. Scarlet Witch and Elizabeth oh. Olsen 
And and at the end of the day, it is Doctor Strange's name on the front, right? It's his name on the film, so it has to, has to include him. Um, and then you know, almost that, right? If we're looking at Doctor Strange, Wanda, them being kind of one and two, and you can interchange them however you want. Number three really had to be Miss America, right? Since she is yeah. that new character kind of introduced there. If you add in Shang-Chi, I don't know that there's enough room to give him a decent amount of character development that he would need as kind of a side role in this character, as well as explaining the multiverse, because you still had to do that. So that's almost like Mm. point number four is explaining the multiverse and what is it like having another Doctor Strange out there, because that's a thing. There's another Wanda out there. There's the whole Illuminati. So like, there's other Mm. superhero organizations that aren't the Avengers. So they had a lot of things to cover that, and having, after seeing the film, I accept the fact that they didn't put in Shang-Chi and that was okay. And I was okay with it. I agree with you both that beforehand I was like, oh yeah, this would be dope to bring him in and really like get that little bit boost of character development that so many of the other characters have had is, you know, coming in, just playing smaller roles in the side uh, as Mm -hmm. a side character, um, in someone else's film. It's great. Like a civil war moment. Right. And it's great. And we love it. And that's what Marvel's known for. But when you go back and you look at all of the things they had to explain, uh, they wouldn't have done him justice trying to fit him in. Oh yeah. Yeah, I'll give you that. I gotta say, I can't wait. I can't wait to see him again. I think out of all the the new characters that have been introduced, I'm actually most excited about Shang-Chi. Absolutely. And yeah, Going back to some of the little hints we got from this film, I'm interested to see and in, in hear from your guys' take on the potential of the Young Avengers. And so for those listeners who may not know what the Young Avengers are, the Young Avengers are basically like the Teen Titans of the MCU, right? And if you're a DC fan, you know who the Teen Titans are, but they're essentially like the young heroes uh, of the MCU, Um and we've gotten little hints at it, right? Nothing official has been announced, um, but there's been little hints at characters here and there. Um, we saw earlier this year Kate Bishop um, coming out with the Hawkeye series um, and how she's going to kind of take over and step up to be Hawkeye going forward. Um, if you paid close enough attention in Falcon and Winter Soldier, we were introduced to a young boy named Elijah Bradley. He was the grandson of the older black gentleman who Bucky came back um and had Sam meet and to kind of get his help. He ends up playing a character called Patriot, who's kind of Captain America type. Um, we have Speed and Wiccan, who are Billy and Tommy. Those are Wanda's children. So we saw them in this film. And if you watch WandaVision, you saw that they actually had powers. And they are real characters in the MCU and in the comics. Um, and so we'll get a chance to see maybe they become a pivotal role going forward. And then you got to throw in Kid Loki, America Chavez, who was in this. Cassandra Lang, who's Ant-Man's daughter, becomes a hero called Stature. So there's a lot of potential there. And even throwing in Yelena, um, who's taken over to be Black Widow, a lot of potential to introduce the young Avengers um, and as well the new TV show, Miss Marvel, coming out. What do you guys think about that? Do you like the idea of adding this young generation of heroes to the MCU? Potentially. I'll jump in. I, I do like the idea of it. I think it would be really easy to say i don't like it because it's different but i think that would just be me being uncomfortable with something new and different that's a different thread than what we have seen 
Um, and so I, I don't want to do that because I don't think that's a, you know, well, that's not, that's actually not how I feel about it. Um, it allows a whole new generation of, of kids to grow up with characters that relate more closely to them. Um, and, and having, you know, yes, these in all likelihood are going to be, you know, shows or movies or however these characters are portrayed, if they decide to do this, probably going to be more geared toward kids. Um, and so if that's not for me, you know, as, as an adult, I think that's totally fine. Uh, you know, kind of in, in the post infinity saga universe that we're in, that will always, you know, that, you know, 20 years or whatever it was span of time. And those movies will always have their place and always be a monument and, and the, you know, the first of its kind epic saga. Um, and I don't think that changing up the formula and trying to see, you know, what can be done differently or how can we expand I, that doesn't take away from from what came before. And it's not going to take away from the multiversal thread that we're going to get moving forward. So I see this as 100% positive. Um, if there are any Star Wars fans out there, you know, the Clone Wars uh, and the other ones that are escaping me at the moment, like Rebels, those even though they're for kids, yeah, like Rebels, you know, even even the stories that are great for kids, they they add bits and pieces and allow you know those younger generations to come in and have a reason to watch the older movies and the and the older tv show or even the newer tv shows so overall i i like it i also agree with you anthony um i think that we need to look back though and realize that iron man came out in 2008 okay great it is Mm -hmm. oh yeah great great film how old were we in 2008 Oh man, uh, I knew nothing. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, right. Fetus. <laughs> Fetuses, you know, right. <laughs> and and it appealed to us. And I think that a part of that was because we looked up to these characters. We have been on this Marvel train ride for, I want to say, almost a majority of our lives, if not a half of our lives. You know, right. so right. like the age that we were all at when we started in this is still younger than the age of these. It's some of these young Avengers that we are seeing. And I think yeah. part of like the hesitance is like we are used to having characters that we are looking up to, but now they have to pass the torch. And I think this is going to like there's many reasons why this would be a, a wonderful opportunity. One, because if we are going to commit into like these film, sorry, not the films, but the TV shows, imagine something taking place like uh, Supernatural, where they are running for 13 years, you or 15 years, however, seasons, however long it was. True. You need right. to have a character who can withstand 15 years of that physical demand on your body and like this character you have to be able to grow with them what a great opportunity will that be not only for the younger generation but for ourselves to see a character and witness a character grow like that and by having the young avengers you're actually going to be able to like grow with these children kind of like how we saw in Mm. harry potter it's probably going to be an amazing thing to watch now as adults, it might take a little push and shove for us to get into it, but I think that like the opportunity is going to be massive, and especially if they do this right, we could be watching them grow into themselves for the next 15 years. 
Right. Absolutely. And yeah, you brought up a point that I haven't even thought about. If some of these TV shows do take off, yeah, and get, yeah, multiple seasons, right? Where, yeah, we're watching this character's been on a TV show for, yeah, 13 plus years. It's like, oh my gosh, like maybe that is a staple. And that's something that we haven't seen so far, right? Because so far all the Marvel stuff has been movies. And just recently in this phase four, did we get introduced to the TV shows that will bring an interesting element in terms of how stories are told. And I think it honestly opens up um, for more kind of crossplay and allowing characters to kind of cross over into other characters' shows and storylines. Because they can mm-hmm. come in for a cameo for an episode or two in a quick arc of one of the seasons, and then boom, now they're back over into their own movie or whatever. Right. Um, right. And so. See. Right. With the Flash and with Green Arrow and Supergirl. I mean, they've they've been doing that for a while with DC. So I feel like we're we're watching DC kind of reach into the Marvel pot by having crossovers with the Justice League movies and trying to it, trying, trying to, to. Right. <laughs> we need to get into that that disaster. <laughs> right. But now Marvel's kind of reaching into the DC pot and saying, Okay, what if we do have several T V shows that are playing at the same time and we are having those characters crossover and now we got people watching seven different you know tv shows every single night of the week absolutely doing much better so far than dc and they've only had a handful of shows so uh but <laughs> we're not gonna talk about not gonna talk about the disaster that is dc although i heard they're trying to get their own kevin feige and reboot it so that'll be interesting to see get their own kevin feige good luck i digress <laughs> uh, back to the implications of the MCU, we saw at the end of this film, um, in that first cutscene, Charlize Theron appear as a woman dressed in purple and who seems to cut open this portal, um, which if you're, you know, super crazy Marvel fan like me, you immediately recognize, oh, that's the dark dimension. Mm-hmm. Um, if you didn't, uh, she opened up a portal somewhere um, and was talking to Doctor Strange about, hey, you caused an incursion and you need to come fix it. And that's what Marvel does so well is just tease up the next movie and the next part of the story so well. Who Charlize Theron plays is a woman by the name of Clea. Now Clea in the comics is the daughter of Dormammu. And if you don't know who Dormammu is, go ahead and rewatch the first Doctor Strange. That'll give you a great rundown and explanation and story of what he has done so far in this MCU, but he's essentially the ruler of the dark dimension, which dwells outside of time. Now, I don't know how that works as a concept and just trying to think about like, how does that work if you exist outside of a space outside of time, but that's where he lives. And in the comics, Clea goes through a long journey with Dormammu as she's um, his daughter ends up fighting Dormammu, killing him, taking over and ruling the dark dimension and becomes Dr. Strange's love interest in the comics. Um, and a very different one from Christine, who is your average everyday human. Clea is very much on the same level of Dr. Strange in terms of sorcery and powers and things of that nature. We also saw Dr. Strange kind of get a little bit of that third eye and perhaps he might use some more darker powers since he did tap into the dark world. And guys, I'm interested to see what you guys think. Uh, what did you guys like, not like, and or think about the introduction of Clea into this and the potential use of Doctor Strange's dark powers going forward? I am curious to find out what his new powers actually are. I'm I'm not well versed enough in the comics to know, you know, immediately what new powers he would gain from that third eye. Um, 
So it just threw me off. Right. I was like, he has a third eye, and then basically cut. I was like, okay. <laughs> so, you know, like you said, they tease it up so well. So I'm just left waiting for the next movie to find out what does this even mean? Because I have, I have no idea. Right. But I'm excited for it. <laughs> Melissa? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm excited to um, see Doctor Strange meet his match. Love match, to be exact. Um, it's, yeah, I, I'm, I'm excited. I don't really know enough. Like Anthony said, I don't know enough about the comics to really um, have too many <laughs> details. <laughs> but I think that it's going to open up a really cool pathway for Doctor Strange. I will say I just hope that they don't do what they did to Shang-Chi and like not really have anything happen and leave me with more questions. Right. Well, I think they've already left us with plenty of questions after seeing that film, which we touched on in that first episode. Going forward, I guess the better conversation for us to have here, um, and it's a conversation we regularly have as we talk about these Marvel films, is going forward, who's our, who are going to be our leaders now going forward, right? I mean, you lose Captain America. Uh, I mean, I guess it's technically been transferred over to Sam Wilson, but doesn't quite have the same powers and, you know, a little bit of philosophy is a little bit different, but uh, loss of Captain America, loss of Iron Man, Thor is still in the picture, but, you know, he kind of goes off and does his own thing. Hulk is going to be coming back in some form in She-Hulk, but we're not really sure what. Um, obviously, the tragic passing of Chad of Bozeman, you know, we lose uh, Black Panther. Um, Captain Marvel, again, is another character out on her own. But introducing Clea opens up the potential of, yeah, potentially another leader, right? And Charlize Theron is a phenomenal actress in her own right and someone who can absolutely step into that leadership role and be someone who is a leader for the MCU and some of our newer heroes going forward. Who do we, do we think she's going to potentially be that role? And what do you guys think about, you know, some of the next step that Marvel needs to take in terms of, setting up our leaders and developing our new uh, power structure going forward. I think they need to do it. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, there's an opportunity there for Clea to, to rise very quickly within the ranks. Um, I think wh where we are right now, we, we have people who can step up, but they all have a little bit of trauma. Mm -hmm. You know, Doctor Strange, his arc wasn't fully completed. He's kind of still hanging out. So hopefully, you know, in his next movie or before that, they can kind of... And then they don't necessarily have to wrap his arc for him to be a better leader. But I think that it's kind of what they were alluding to with this film is he has some growth to do to really become a better you know leader. Um, you know, Scarlet Witch, even even at the end, you know, is she dead? I don't think that, that this, you know, that our Wanda is dead. Um, I think that, you know, she'll come back, you know, that's why they didn't show her body. It was just, you know, building collapse. Okay, whatever. Um, I think that's a pretty easy thing to, to bring her back from, but I wonder, will she still have any lingering trauma? You know, obviously she wasn't fully healed from what happened during WandaVision. Um, little side note, Elizabeth Olsen found out that Wanda was going to have this arc in the Doctor Strange film while she was still filming WandaVision. And one of her comments was she, she kind of seemed surprised. And she was trying to figure out, okay, how do I make it seem cohesive for her to have this arc and, and have it transition smoothly without being too choppy? So I think maybe even she was a little caught off guard by, by the direction of, that Wanda took in this film. 
Um, that being said, it's, it's obvious that there's still some, some trauma there that, that she has to deal with. So I wonder if that, I, I would hope that we see, you know, a little bit more of that, not necessarily that she, you know, is, is still going, you know, wild chasing after people, but that we see a little moment of like, that still hurts. Right. Um, because I think that's an integral part of her character and it's, it's an important, you know, reason why we can kind of connect to her so much. Um, so all that being said, there are a lot of characters that are set up for this, but still have, you know, some stuff to deal with. So, uh, hopefully moving forward, they kind of iron those things out and allow, you know, things to, to be, to fall into place, to, to give us that, that structure and that leadership that we need. Yeah. Piggybacking off of that. Um, I think the real question that I have is like, which of our Marvel superheroes really have shown thus far any sort of leadership qualities, truly? Most True. of the leaders mm. that we've had so far are gone. The, the, the leaders of the Avengers literally were Captain America and Iron Man, and they're both gone, and everyone else was strong in their own right, but they fell underneath the wing. The only other person, as you said before, was Black Panther. Obviously, unfortunately, loved, loved Chadwick Boseman, and he has passed. And so I'm really interested to see how Marvel is going to basically pull a leader out of the dust literally the dust of what is left <laughs> mm. of the Avengers and place them at the, at the top or have two people at the top. I think that Clea is a little too new to just suddenly demand a leadership role in with all of these people. Absolutely, yeah. I feel like Dr. Strange. Yeah. But what about Wong? Wong mm. is the sorcerer supreme. He literally is a leader. He was the one who went and got Shang-Chi. He's going to be teaching him. He is going to be teaching America. You know, because Dr. Sh yeah. up and walked away and left her in Kamertage. So we have those opportunities. I think Shang-Chi should not be underestimated. Um, I still have a little bit of questions about what's going to happen with the Eternals, but they clearly have only like, one real leader, which in my opinion was Cersei. True. So, I mean, we've got a few people here who kind of have shown those leadership qualities, but the thing is you, we need to tie them all together to make it make sense. Right. You know, and once they're all tied together, that's when we're going to have the cream rise to the top, as our father likes to say. You know, <laughs> and that that's when that's when we'll know. So I think we really just have to have a film that kind of shoves them all in one place at the same time. Right, and in terms of, I absolutely agree. And my whole theory behind this is, there's a lot of different factors that they are going to have to, you know, take into account when doing this right i i think a big part of it is going to be how they you know what they want to do in terms of basing it off of the comics right you mentioned wong i i think while he is sorcerer supreme um i think he's always going to be limited because of mm -hmm. dr strange and dr strange mm -hmm. is the more powerful sorcerer i think we all kind of know and agree to that so yeah in terms of having him step up and be a leader in terms of that magical, mystical realm, it 
it'll be we. It's a little weird because he's constantly going to be competing with Doctor Strange. Well, oh, well, who do we listen to? Do we listen to Doctor Strange? Or do we listen to you? Right? Like right. Doctor Strange is more powerful, but technically, you won the Sorcerer Supreme. And again, as they said in the films, on a technicality. So it's like, uh, <laughs> so that I feel like so for Wong, that's a little weird. Um, but in terms of introducing other characters, you got to look at. You know, who has the different powers to actually really have an impact, right? So you look at Wanda, she absolutely has the power to make an impact. But she's been a little bit up and down in terms of her character development, right? She's had, she's on a little bit of a dark streak here. And she may be dead going away, so she kind of can't really step up. Um, You look at Captain Marvel, and they hinted at this in Endgame. It's like, where have you been, right? You've been off flying around, and I get saving other worlds. I get it, I get it. And they did a good job of bringing her back into it, you know, during the blip and how, you know, she's been, you know, Skype in from, you know, or Zoom in from outer space. So that's <laughs> been cool for that. Um, right. But she's been too detached to kind of step in and be like, oh, yeah, I'm a part of this now. So that I think she's right. going to need to be a part of a little bit more of team films going forward to really um, make her stake as a leader. And then going forward, yeah, looking at the Eternals, I think it's going to just be time. Um, Shang-Chi, again, another guy's just more time um, in this MCU, more development as a leader um, for them to potentially step up. And then going forward, when looking at other characters, right, it's like, okay, you got to have someone who's powerful enough to demand respect and someone who can actually step up in fights. And then I think the next piece is getting the actor or actress who can not only match up with that character but can hold that role and also demand audience respect right Mm -hmm. because what we don't want is for them to introduce another big time character for us to lose respect because we don't know who the actor actress is and maybe they do a bad job and now it's like well now you botched a character right Mm. i think a good step bringing in moon knight moon knight's a very good prominent character in the mcu and Oscar Isaac is a great actor to kind of step into that role, right? You hear that name, Oscar Isaac, coming in. It's like, yes, he can kind of step in. I could see him being a leader in this going forward. And so continually matching up, you know, making sure it fits within the story you're already telling in terms of from a power standpoint, getting the right actor or actress to match up with that, that demands respect from the audience and gets people excited about the films, and then... They've already done a great job of this up until this point. It, just getting it all to mesh together. I, I, I'm not worried about them getting it all to mesh. Um, but that's my whole thing in terms of getting the power structure nailed down going forward. Yeah, kind of the thread that we've been coming back to is we have a lot of questions. Right. <laughs> and, and I think that's okay. You know, we, we trust Marvel. They've done a great job so far. So, you know, they have the right people in place to dig in and figure this thing out. Um, but just where we are right now, we just don't know. And that, that's part of the fun yeah. uh, of, of going through this is that you watch it and it's like, okay, that's, that's one more puzzle piece. But kind of now we see, you know, there's a little bit further over there that we don't know about that we didn't know was over there. So I'm excited for what's going to happen. Definitely. Absolutely. Um, well, let's jump in here to our listener questions and, Again, this is only our second episode, so you know how can we have listener questions after the second episode? Not sure, but we have it. Um, and this <laughs> question is going to come from a dear friend of mine, Mr. Ricky Morgan. Mr. Morgan, thank you so much for submitting your question. We really appreciate it. Um, and Ricky's question is, do you believe the quality of Marvel movies and solo storylines have declined since the passing of Stan Lee? 
Um, and I know we, all three of us, we kind of took time to kind of think about this. And it, honestly, we had to go back and figure out, you know, when did Stan Lee die? Um, and kind of looking at, you know, what are the films that have kind of happened after that? Um, and I think we re- figured out that he ended up dying in 2018, um, which I think we're all eternally grateful for these characters that he's given us. Um, and I know that the creators at Disney and Marvel would continue to do him justice and putting out quality products going forward. But what do you guys think about some of these films that have come out since he's died? I mean, films that have been released, you know, Avengers Infinity War, Ant-Man and the Wasp, Captain Marvel's origin story, um, and then obviously Endgame, um, Spider-Man Far From Home, and then we had some TV series, and then we had the Black Widow movie, Eternals. What do you guys think about some of these solo storylines? I think that I I didn't necessarily realize how much content we have enjoyed and witnessed from the Marvel Universe since Stanley has passed. Um, and so I think that we have actually seen a lot of really great characters and movies, even, even still. You know, um, I think that it's difficult to kind of judge the movies so much based off of Stanley's involvement or lack of involvement, just because the universe itself has changed and the characters we've ended phase three, we're moving into a completely new phase and they're, they are now setting up a whole new world for us to enjoy and I don't think that the quality of the movies has has gone down. I think that they have just put so there are so many factors that we are now considering and different characters and timelines and, you know, different um, universes, which are also all coming from the works that Stanley created like while he was alive. So as long as they are sticking with that, Stanley is still involved. And they, if they're still following along with the things that he has written, we're golden. Right. Yeah, I I kind of liken it to the Star Wars universe. You know, obviously, that is a product of George Lucas, um, and he has done immense things creating the universe. And there there's so much there's so much content in there that we can enjoy. And I've listened to interviews with. John Favreau and Dave Filoni, who are kind of in charge of, of the, the Disney uh, Star Wars universe moving forward. So they're kind of the minds behind Mandalorian, Book of Boba Fett, all the new stuff. Uh, and they've talked extensively about how much they've learned from George Lucas directly and how much they have talked to him about his vision and his style. And they've just they've spent time with him to understand and moving forward. They are trying to honor the work and the universe that George Lucas has created in what they produce. And so I would imagine that Kevin Feige and the people at Marvel have done the same thing with Stan Lee, um, that they have talked with him, you know, for hours, days uh, about his thoughts and how he created things and and what he envisioned. Uh, And, you know, Stan probably never thought that it would go from comics to films. So they probably asked him, what what would you want us to do or what what would you like to see on the big screen? So I, I don't think we have to worry about the magic being lost. And, and we've already deviated from the comics in some ways. Um, you know, there is a little bit of that creative license. So, you know, it's not going to be one-to-one because it hasn't ever been one-to-one. 
But to Melissa's point, I think as, as long as we're still in the MCU, you know, I mean, even the MCU, it's the Marvel Cinematic Universe, so it's kind of its own thing. But as long as we're operating kind of in the characters that, that come from the Stan Lee, you know, the Marvel comics, I think we'll be okay and we'll still have that magic and that flair. Yep, absolutely. And I think they even said going forward, they're going to try to find a way to either plug him in, whether it's using photographs or posters or even, you know, a CGI version of him um, and continue to incorporate him in the films. And I know that was something that uh, all us Marvel fans really enjoyed, kind of seeing him plugged in there in some of the films and little cameos. Um, so I think they'll they'll keep him in it from that standpoint. And as Melissa and Anthony touched on, they're gonna do they're gonna be sure to stay true to the comics um, in some in some respect, right? Because again, that's at the end of the day where a lot of these characters' origins start and originate from. Um, and so going forward, they're gonna be sure to use that as their guide. Mr. Morgan, thank you so much again for your question. For those listening, if you have any, please feel free to reach out to us um, via Twitter or via our email. So that's going to do it here um, for our second episode. Our next episode is either going to be on Thor, Love and Thunder, or I know we touched on it before we started this episode. We really want to get into our theories on how the Black Panther character should be portrayed going forward, who should play it how it should be uh, done. And again, this is all without any trailers or anything, so we're going to potentially get that out there um, for our third episode. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Thank you for tuning in to today's episode of The Seacast. Please feel free to reach out to our email, thecastpodcast at gmail.com, or DM us on Twitter at thecastpodcast with questions, episode ideas, or comments. We hope you enjoyed listening and stay tuned for next week's episode.